This month we have been looking at the life of the Old Testament character Moses and how one of the recurring themes in his life was this ability to overcome. Moses was born a Hebrew slave and because of an order by the Egyptian Pharaoh to control the Hebrew population, eliminating all the baby boys, Moses should not have survived beyond his birth. But thanks to several faithful women who were willing to take great risk and overcome their history and their place in the world, they not only rescued Moses, but moved him from a place of poverty to one of power and privilege in the palace of Egypt. Last week we heard how Moses overcame his ego when God called him to lead the Hebrew people out of slavery and into the promised land. Moses had to get over himself. He had to realize that God was inviting him to be part of something historic, something life-changing for everyone involved. God really didn't need Moses, his ability or his strength, just Moses' willingness to be used by God. And to strengthen Moses' resolve, God agreed to give him a helper. That was his brother Aaron. Now when Moses finally agreed to lead God's people, he was told to go ask the Pharaoh uh, to let the Hebrew people leave Egypt so that they could worship their own God. And we pick up the story in Exodus chapter five. After this presentation to Israel's leaders, Moses and Aaron went and spoke to Pharaoh. They told him, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, let my people go so they may hold a festival in my honor in the wilderness. <laughs> is that so, retorted Pharaoh. And who is the Lord? Why should I listen to him and let Israel go? I don't know the Lord, and I will not let Israel go. But Aaron and Moses persisted. The God of the Hebrews has met with us, they declared, so let us t uh, take a three-day journey into the wilderness so that we can offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. If we don't, he will kill us with a plague or with a sword. And Pharaoh replied, Moses and Aaron, why are you distracting the people from their tasks? Get back to work. Look, there are many of your people in the land and you are stopping them from their work. Now it's clear from Pharaoh's response that leading God's people out of Egypt was not going to be easy. And if Moses was gonna do this, he was gonna have to overcome his enemy, the most powerful man in Egypt. To help Moses overcome Pharaoh, God provided him with miracles to perform in order to convince Pharaoh that God was real, that God wanted his people to be free. We move on to Exodus chapter seven, beginning in verse 10. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did what the Lord had commanded them. Aaron threw down his staff before Pharaoh and his officials, and it became a serpent. And then Pharaoh called in his own wise men and sorcerers, and these Egyptian magicians did the same thing with their magic. They threw down their staffs, which also became serpents. But then Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. Pharaoh's heart, however, remained hard. He still refused to listen, just as the Lord had predicted. All of this show of power didn't move Pharaoh. So the next day, Moses returned to Pharaoh and as he was entering the, uh, the Nile River to bathe, and as he stepped into the water, Mer Moses turns it all into blood. Beginning in verse 19 of chapter seven, then the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron, take your staff 
and raise your hand over the waters of Egypt, all its rivers, canals, ponds, and all the reservoirs. Turn all the water to blood. Everywhere in Egypt the water will turn to blood, even the water stored in wooden, wooden bowls and stone pots. So Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord commanded them. As Pharaoh and all his officials watched, Aaron raised his staff and struck the water of the Nile, and suddenly the whole river turned to blood. The fish in the river died, and the water became so foul that the Egyptians could not drink it. There was blood everywhere throughout the land of Egypt. But again, the magicians of Egypt used their magic, and they too turned water into blood, so Pharaoh's heart remained hard, and he refused to listen to Moses and Aaron, just as the Lord had predicted. Pharaoh returned to his palace and put the whole thing out of his mind. And then all the Egyptians dug along the riverbank to find drinking water, for they couldn't drink the water from the Nile. Pharaoh was committed to still not letting God's people go. In fact, all that happened after the miracles was that Pharaoh dug his heels in a little deeper and became stronger in his opposition. And even though this was God's plan and God's power at work, the enemy was strong and he was not gonna give up easily. And the truth is that even today, the enemies that we face in life are strong and even when God is on our side, the enemy doesn't give up easily. When Pharaoh didn't let God's people go after all the water in the land was turned to blood, uh, blood, God sent Moses and Aaron to Pharaoh with another plague, and this time a plague of frogs. Frogs covered the land. At first it seemed like Pharaoh would agree to let the people go if Moses would just make these frogs go away. The next day all the frogs died, just as Moses said they would, and when the people of Egypt got relief, Pharaoh changed his mind and would not let God's people go. See, so the enemy was holding strong. God sent several more plagues on Egypt. There were, there were gnats and flies, and then all the livestock of the Egyptians died, but Pharaoh still would not let God's people go. Then God sent a plague of boils that broke out on all the Egyptians, but not the Hebrews, and there were plagues of hail and locusts and darkness. And after each plague, Pharaoh simply dug in his heels and refused to let God's people go. There were times that Pharaoh tried to bargain with Moses and work out a deal that would somehow allow some of the people to go worship God. But Moses held firm, and when Moses held firm, so did his enemy. Moses returned to Pharaoh one more time, and this time the plague coming was going to be the death of all the firstborn in Egypt. Pharaoh still refused to let God's people go, so the angel of death moved throughout Egypt, and those who were in homes protected by the blood of the lamb on their doorposts were spared death, but all other families lost their firstborn. It was after this plague that Pharaoh finally gave in and allowed the Israelites to leave. In Exodus chapter 12, beginning in verse 31, it tells us the story. Pharaoh sent for Moses and Aaron during the night, Get out, he ordered. Leave my people and take the rest of the Israelites with you. Go and worship the Lord as you have requested. Take your flocks and your herds as you said and be gone. Go, but bless me as you leave. All the Egyptians urged the people of Israel to get out of the land as quickly as possible, for they thought, we will all die. The Israelites took their bread dough before yeast was added. They wrapped their kneading boards in their cloaks and carried them on their shoulders and the people of Israel did as Moses had instructed. They asked the Egyptians for clothing. 
for articles of silver and gold, the Lord caused the Egyptians to look favorably on the Israelites. And they gave the Israelites whatever they asked for, so they stripped the Egyptians of their wealth. And that night, the people of Israel left Ramses and started for Succoth. There were about 600,000 men, plus all the women and children. And a rabble of non-Israelites went with them, along with great flocks and herds of livestock. For bread, they baked flat cakes from the dough without yeast they had brought from Egypt. It was made without yeast because the people were driven out of Egypt in such a hurry that they had no time to prepare the bread or other food. So you see, after 10 plagues and one miracle, it appears that Moses has finally overcome his enemy and God's people are allowed to leave Egypt. But the enemy has not given up. Once Pharaoh uh, sees them start to leave, he changes his mind again. Look at Exodus 14. Then word reached the king of Egypt that the Israelites had fled. Pharaoh and his officials changed their mind. What have we done? Letting all these Israelite slaves get away, they asked. So Pharaoh harnessed his chariot and called up his troops, and he took with him 600 of Egypt's best chariots, along with the rest of the chariots of Egypt, each with its commander. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. So he chased after the people of Israel who had left with their fists raised in defiance. The Egyptians chased after them with all the forces in Pharaoh's army, all his horses and chariots, his charioteers and his troops. And just when it looked like God's people were free and clear, the enemy attacked again. And the people were in a difficult situation because in the front of them, they have the Red Sea with no means of crossing over. And behind them, they have the fast approaching Egyptian army. And it appears to be a hopeless situation. But Moses has learned an important lesson during the last several months. He has learned that he can overcome his enemy if he will be persistent. The enemy is persistent as well, isn't it? But Moses has learned to trust God. After the miracle and then the first plague, Moses could have called it all off and given up, but he didn't. He stood firm against this enemy again and again. Ten times Moses went back and fought against Pharaoh in this process, told Moses that overcoming the enemy, he needed to stand strong. He needed to stand firm, which is exactly what Moses now tells his people. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid, just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. See, overcoming our enemies requires persistence. Moses had to go back to Pharaoh 10 times, and then what seemed like, uh, you know, like they had fine, when he seemed like they had finally overcome the enemy, the enemy goes on the attack again. Moses persisted in his faith and once more trusted that God would do something to rescue his people. And while Moses didn't know how God was going to do it, he knew that God was going to do something. So he stood firm, and in time, God parted the Red Sea, and the people of God crossed over on dry land. And then the waters came crashing down on their enemy once and for all. 
The life of Moses teaches us that overcoming our enemy calls for persistence. Our enemy can be anything that we fight against in this life. Our enemy might be addictions. Our enemy might be depression. It can be negative self-esteem. It can be even the destructive forces of the culture around us. And yes, it can be even people who are determined to bring us down, to destroy us. In our culture today, we have seen that our enemy can be long-standing attitudes of racism and bigotry. It can also be the idea that human life is not sacred or valuable. And while our enemy can be any number of things in each and every situation, the way we overcome the enemy is with persistence. And like Moses, we aren't going to overcome our enemy in a single day. It may take many days, many difficult circumstances. It might even take years and lots of working together, but if we will persist, we will overcome. You know, the word persistence simply means to go resolutely on in spite of the opposition, which tells us that there's going to be opposition, doesn't it? Overcoming the enemy means that there is someone or something working against us, and therefore the road ahead of us is going to be difficult. Overcoming our enemy is not going to be easy, and we need to understand that from the very beginning. The second thing about this definition that it tells us is that we have to be resolute. We have to be determined not to let anything stop us as we move forward. Moses quickly learned how strong his enemy was when Pharaoh not only refused to let the people go, but actually made their life more difficult in the process, and he learned to be resolute. He learned to be determined by seeing God's strength return each time that Pharaoh said no. Moses learned persistence against the opposition, and his persistence, faith in God at the Red Sea brought victory to all the people of Israel. To overcome our enemies, we need to be persistent. And the life of Moses teaches us five ways that we too can develop persistence in our own life. And the first is that we need to simply pay attention. We need to listen to God. We need to be reading God's word. And then we need to put what we hear into practice. Moses spent a lot of time listening to God as he was working to overcome Pharaoh. And after each plague, Moses listened to what God had to say. And then Moses followed God's instructions. It was important for Moses to listen and to act on what he heard because the safety of God's people depended on it. For example, the night the angel of death moved through the land, God's people were protected because they had put the blood of the lamb on the doorposts of their home. There was clear instructions that God had given to Moses to give to the people, so Moses had to pay careful attention to God, and he followed what God had said and helped him, and that helped him to overcome Pharaoh. But we also need to pay attention and to listen and learn all that we can if we're going to overcome the enemies that we face. We need to listen to God, but we also need to listen to the wise advice of others. We need to listen to counselors who can help us and leaders who can guide us through difficult and dark days. We also need to get our egos out of the way and remember that we might not have all the answers, but we can learn from others. We can lean on others. Secondly, we need to pray. We not only need to pay attention, but we need to pray and ask God for help and strength. Prayer connects us to God, and, and we don't just pray for wisdom. We pray for strength and endurance that God will help us keep going. 
I'm sure there are times when Moses was ready to give up. The plagues were not pleasant, and while many of them didn't touch the Hebrew people, life in Egypt must have been horrible during this time. So Moses was not just turning to God for help, but for strength and patience that he needed to just keep going. To persevere, we need to pray and ask God to be with us and give us strength and patience. And third, we need a plan. Persistence means planning ahead so that we can move forward. To be victorious, we need to step ahead of the enemy and anticipate their moves so that we can be prepared when the attack comes. If the enemy we're fighting is maybe addiction or gambling or whatever has a grip on your life, then we know that once we start saying no to those things that have a hold on us, the temptation to give in is gonna get a lot stronger. And when that happens, we might need some other people to step in and help us. We need to plan ahead, and we need to be prepared to get the help that we need. When a good friend of mine was fighting alcoholism some years ago, I remember him telling me how he had to schedule his life differently from there uh, into his future. He could no longer be at some of the same work parties. He couldn't be at cocktail hour meetings. He had to work differently, but he also had to build his life around a new group of friends, close friends, people who would surround him during difficult times when he knew that he was most likely to give in. And that plan kept him strong as he worked to overcome that enemy in his life. Fourth, we simply need to pace ourselves. There's a certain pacing in this story of Moses' life that helps him endure until he overcomes. There are the times Moses goes to Pharaoh and has to stand strong, but then there's times when he returned home and got some rest and strength from the people around him. There are times of action and there are times of rest, and that's the pace that is needed in our life if we're gonna overcome our enemies. Our enemies are strong, they're powerful, and we're not going to give up, uh, and we're not going to give up quickly. They're not going to give up quickly or easily. So we need to be prepared for a long haul, which means we need to pace ourselves. Periods of rest and recovery are so important in any battle, and the battle of overcoming our enemies is no different. And then finally, we need to keep our eye on the prize. We need to see the prize. We need to keep our eyes uh, focused on the end and remember why we're fighting. And for Moses, the prize was freedom. It was life in the promised land. God continued to remind Moses that there was this place, a land of abundance, a land of safety that awaited them. And the prize for us might look different. It might be just to be healthier uh, in our own physical life. It might be to have a healthier marriage. It might be uh, greater satisfaction in a job. It might be to have joy that's, uh, that we find when we're living for God. The prize might be a world uh, where we're able to live together despite our differences. It might be reaching out to those who are troubled and broken with the love and the grace of Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul tells us the importance of keeping our eye on the prize. In Philippians chapter three, he says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, 
but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. You see, persistence can be learned and developed when we pay attention to God, when we pray, when we plan, and when we keep our eyes on the prize. This is the kind of persistence that's needed to overcome the enemies that we face in our own lives. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you for giving us in your own life an example of what it means to be an overcomer. And today we simply pray that you would help us to run the race of life with perseverance, determined to be strong, to win the crown of life for which we are called. Help us to be people who pursue righteousness and godliness and faith and love and endurance and gentleness as we fight the good fight of faith and seek to overcome all the forces of evil that oppose us Help us to be a person who would rather uh, please you than please those around us. And then lead us, Father, and help us to always, always go where you send us. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.